0: You know, I got to give my guy, Jamal, a tip of the cap, a round of applause. Jamal doesn't normally get these right. So when he actually does, I got to throw a couple of bouquets his way. He told me that the USC Trojans would be putting a body bag. And he predicted UCLA to go and win outright against the Michigan Wolverines. Well, our buddy from Hicksville was two for two. And one of the games, he didn't go out much for the win. The other one, he did. And first off here with Gonzaga. Gonzaga is just an absolute freight train at this point. And we've kind of known this all year. This is no secret to anybody who has watched college basketball. But you still looked at this particular matchup against USC. Mobley twins. The way USC was defending... Gonzaga had not faced a defense like that all year. How are they going to respond? Well, they respond by scoring 49 first half points. Timmy gives you 23. Kisberg gives you 18. Suggs is going to be, what, the number two or three pick in the draft? You figure Kate Cunningham is going to go number one. Suggs is going to be easily a top three, top five type of pick with the way he can get in the lane, with the way he could shoot the basketball. With the way he can finish around the rim. Gonzaga is a well-oiled offensive machine. They move the ball great. They make the right cut. They make the right play. They play a beautiful, I repeat, a beautiful brand of basketball. And they go the Final Four for now the second time in program history. 30-0 on a year. Smoking USC 85-66. to And oh, let's be honest, this game was never close. Gonzaga got off to the high-flying start, and USC was just completely overwhelmed. They were completely out of their element. And that's credit to the Zags. And you notice with Gonzaga, they can't make these lines high enough now going into the Final Four. Can't make them high enough. Yes, they play in a small conference. Yes, they did not have much of a challenge throughout their conference. But guess what? When they played out of conference, they smoked Iowa. They smoked Virginia. There's basically been one game all year in which they've been somewhat tested. That game they put against BYU in the uh, West Coast Championship back in Vegas a couple weeks ago. Aside from that, it has just been thorough domination for the Zags. It's why they're going to be a hefty favorite to win on Saturday night. And it's why they will be a sizable favorite against whoever they match up against. And I don't know if you guys got this sense. Watching the nightcap between Michigan And UCLA. But all I kept thinking about throughout the game was, wow, the winner of this game is basically playing to be the sacrificial lamb to Gonzaga in the Final Four. Michigan, I guess, would have been a more live dog in the game compared to the two. But Michigan played like, absolute garbage tonight against UCLA and credit Mick Cronin and his team because they were in the first four of this tournament. They lost their last four games regular season into the conference tournament to a point where people were wondering because of the injuries that they had within their starting lineup and the way they had finished up down the stretch. If they were going to be on the outside looking in to the field of 68, Like, on Selection Sunday, it was a legitimate talking point. It was legitimate conversation. Will UCLA be a tournament team? They made the tournament as a first four. They obviously put them in the first four alongside Michigan State because they wanted to have eyeballs to the TV set. And remember, UCLA was down big in that game. Came storming back, ended up winning that game in overtime and knocked out Tom Izzo and company. And they basically took that momentum of winning the first four and they have parlayed it all the way to a run in the Final Four. A Final Four run that to me is very similar to the one that Shaka Smart and VCU had back in 2011. Taking that momentum of playing in the first four and basically riding it week after week, game after game, UCLA UCLA's in the Final Four for the first time since 2008. They lost a couple of starters. The difference in their game against Michigan was Juzan, who carried them in the first half. Had 20-plus points in the first half of the game and was incredibly efficient. And on a team where you don't get a whole lot of scoring from guys on your bench... They're basically playing six deep UCLA. To get 28 out of Juzang, to make it ugly, to muck it up and rough it up, that was their blueprint of trying to beat Michigan. And it worked. Now Michigan, listen, could not have played worse offensively. Wagner's brother, who had multiple chances might have had at the end of the game, stunk. One attempt from the field, All four from three. Couldn't have played worse. What puzzled me about Michigan, though, at the end of this game, you can't shoot the three ball basically all day. What are you doing? Not on the last possession of the game when it's a scramble. I'm not going to kill him on that. Not going to kill him when there's less than a second to go. I mean, when there's less than a second to go. You get whatever clean, quality look you can get. And for what it's worth, they ended up getting a real clean and a real quality look to try to end the game. But the sequence in which they were down one, you're shooting it like garbage all day. You're not exactly, you know, mastering the art of the three-point shot. How are you not working that ball inside? How are you not attacking the rim? And using the advantage that you have of your size. I think that is a very easy critique of some of the in-game coaching decisions that were made by Juwan Howard. Did not get that. You're not shooting great. You're inside of 30 seconds. Get to the rack. And then after the awful three-point shot, Michigan had like a point-blank look. And it just like rushed the, the putback. Why? They need to. Michigan was just way too sloppy. 14 turnovers in the game. Shot it terribly. Shot it terribly from three. Six of 11 from the line. That's why you lose. That's how you lose the regional final. Now, Michigan has the out in this tournament. They do. Unlike the other Big Ten schools that embarrassed themselves, that didn't make any noise in this tournament... Michigan lost, quite possibly, their best player in Livers. It changed the entire feel and the complexion of their team. And I guarantee you this, they could have used his offense tonight. Oh, they easily could have used his offense tonight. In a game in which they only go and score 49 points. They could have used Livers' production. No question about it. They didn't get it. It's the way the cookie crumbles. But they made the Elite Eight. And Mick Cronin at UCLA going to the Final Four. And going back to my days of watching a whole lot of Big East basketball. And I watched a whole lot of Big East basketball. I still do. But when Syracuse was playing, when I was doing radio shows up in Syracuse, I mean, I felt like I knew these teams inside and out. I watched every single night I was watching Big East basketball. Every single night. Non-conference, conference, you name it. I always admired the toughness of Mick Cronin's teams. It was obvious from his days in Cincinnati. I remember watching at the Big East Tournament up close in person. And I think this was basically my first calendar year working at FAN. I remember I was all geeked out. I'm at the Big East Tournament. I'm sitting up close. I'm watching Syracuse, so I knew was going to be a one seed. I'm like, how would I, I want to win the Big East tournament? Let's go. And Cincinnati was a huge underdog in the game. They're like a 10, 10 and a half point underdog. Maybe maybe it was nine, but it was, it was substantial. Let's put it that way. Substantial. They uglied and mucked up a game with Syracuse on a Friday night Big East tournament semifinal the way they mucked it up against Michigan here tonight. Same sort of feel, same sort of game. That's coaching. That was always going to be a hallmark. That was always going to be a staple of a Mick Cronin coach team. You were going to get a team that was going to get down and dirty. You were going to have a team that was going to play all sorts of quality defense. And when he got hired from Cincinnati to go to UCLA, my thought was, great coach always wins, always gets teams in the tournament. He'll bring that to UCLA. But is UCLA going to be patient considering the way they have just churned through coaches? From Ben Howland, who got him to a couple of Final Fours, to Steve Alford, who got him to the Sweet 16 and was recruiting. I mean, had Alonzo Ball there, had a couple other NBA players there. Looked like Steve Alford was recruiting and then a couple of years later, he's out. They're going to give Mick Cronin a time of day or are they going to be delusional in not knowing what they are? Well, to that administration's credit, they've kind of left Mick Cronin alone. And he's built the team in his own image. They're tough. They're gritty. They get after it. And now they're going to the Final Four. And as you look at this Final Four, folks, you see... Baylor, haven't been there in seventy years. Houston, who has not been a Final Four team since the days of five Slammer Jammer. Gonzaga, who was once the Cinderella of March and now has, you know, turned into a perennial power in Spokane. And an old school blue blood in UCLA. If you would have looked at those schools and you would have looked at those teams just by name recognition. Forget about this year. Forget about what you know. You probably would have figured that UCLA would be the Vegas favorite going into this thing. No, not to be. UCLA is actually playing the role that Gonzaga is normally used to playing. The Cinderella. And they will play Cinderella This program with all of this history, this program with the Wizard of Westwood and John Wooden, Lou Alcindor, Bill Walton, all of their national championships will now go into the Final Four as a double-digit underdog against a Gonzaga team that's looking to go the way of old-school UCLA. A perfect, undefeated national championship. From that standpoint, it's kind of cool in a way how the storyline has kind of flipped a little bit between UCLA and Gonzaga. Now, from a talent standpoint, does UCLA have enough to hang with Gonzaga? I don't see it. Gonzaga is just so much better than everybody else. I want to root for Mick Cronin. I want that game to be competitive. I don't want to watch two boring games Saturday night after my round of golf, which I guarantee is going to be awful because it was not particularly good today and it's probably not going to be good when I play on Saturday. So I'm going to need a little basketball and a little baseball to cheer me up and put me in better spirits. Guaranteed. I hope one of these games is good. But the fact that you have this role reversal between UCLA and Gonzaga, it's kind of cool kind of cool. You got deep in the heart of Texas game one and then you got former Cinderella now Powerhouse Powerhouse turned into Cinderella in game number two and I want Baylor and Gonzaga all. it's a game we were supposed to get earlier in the year. COVID had all the plans. They have been by far and away the two best teams in college basketball all year come Monday night that's a game I hope I'm watching. But the final four is set. Baylor and Houston at 5 o'clock. Gonzaga, to the surprise of no one. And the big surprise in the big Cinderella, UCLA, 51-49 to over the Michigan Wolverines. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.